What's up? What's up, beautiful people? How's everybody doing out there? This is your boy T.W. Suggs, and you are tuned into the Tommy Talk Show. Listen, before we get started, I'm just sending you all those vibes. You feel that music? Do you feel it? Do you feel it going through you? Ah, yeah, that's all for you. That's all for you. Hopefully, it's making you smile. Hopefully, it's making you feel good. Hopefully, it's making you laugh. I see that smile on your face. I see it. I see it. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have a great time today. I promise you we're going to have a great time today. We have an awesome show lineup for you today. Um, I'm in the studio again with my homie, uh, Keith Pelzer, the one and only uh, Grammy Award winner producer, um, who is our engineer and our producer um, for the show. And if you don't know this guy, this guy has a brilliant mind. I bounce a lot of thoughts off of him. Um, he keeps me you know, focus. So uh, big shout out, Keith, you know, give people their flowers. So Keith, thank you for everything you do for us, man, on the time we talk. So we appreciate you and we love you, man. And big shout out to team. Um, So listen, y'all. So I, I know it's been a while, right? I took a break for the summer just to go ahead and, you know, get myself attuned and hmm, all that good stuff just to get myself in alignment. And I also spent some time trying to get some awesome content for you all, right? We're thinking we're, we're projecting into 2024. So I have my team looking at some things that we want to present to you all. Um, I also had a great conversation that was that lasted for like 30 seconds with one of our guests um, that also points us in the direction that we want to go into and reference the content that we want to share with you that will help inform, inspire, and heal our community. All right. But before we get into the show, you already know I have to do what I do, which is the community question. So the community question, for those of you who are just tuning in, the community question is a question that I ask to the community via Facebook, Instagram, etc. And I allow you all to weigh in and I read your responses on the show and I give you a shout out for being so kind to share your responses. So the community question uh, this go around was what was your favorite video game growing up what was your favorite video game growing up and now i know we're in the xbox generation and i understand that we ain't like we up to ps5 and we got nintendo switches but at the same time this there's, there's nothing like an atari there's nothing like a nintendo there's nothing like a sega genesis so i, I reached out to you all to ask you what was your favorite video game and you guys lit it up so real quick for me I'll, 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 I'll go first. So one of my favorite video games is uh, Mario's uh, Super Mario Brothers, the original, the first one on Nintendo. Then it, then it, then it, then it, then it, then it. Yeah, I can't go that low. But yeah, that one, that was my favorite one. I didn't like Duck Hunt because it just felt like it was animal cruelty. So I stayed away from Duck Hunt. But Super Mario Brothers was one of my favorite um, video games. And actually, to this day, it still is. So listen, I, I'm going to go on social media so I can look at um, all of your responses, the things that you all shared. Uh, so I have Mahogany Megatron. Thank you, good brother. I know Mahogany personally. Thank you for uh, for your feedback, man. Um, he says, I love Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, on uh, the, the one that was for Sega Genesis. There's nothing like a Sega game. Uh, Spyro, uh, the Legacy of Kane series, and Soul Reaver. Uh, my homie Aisha Winfield. Aisha came into the studio uh, for us uh, one time to do an interview. We will have Aisha back soon. Uh, she said Pac-Man. Now, I, Pac-Man, I love Pac-Man, but I I am horrible at Pac-Man. I die every time I go for that, Cherry. Um, then I have um, Julian. Julian's living. Uh, he says, all sports games, uh, especially uh, from Madden 
from Madden uh, to 2K. And let's see what you all are saying to me on Facebook, Face Bizzle. Um, I know I saw my cousin say something about um, Pac-Man. And let me see. I got to see what you all are saying to me on Facebook, right? Uh uh here we go here we go here we go so i have your vet sims that's my cousin cuzzo what's up boo uh she says pac-man she said no one could beat me i always had top score i only did 25 cent for hours of entertainment i know that's right i had aunt bj belinda jackson she said centipede i have Charday massey who came with the heavy gun said mario sonic uh the duck hunt tetris and she also mentioned um pac-man um, and I also have Derek Killebrew who says Street Fighter 2. Yo, Street Fighter 2 is nothing like Street Fighter. <laughs> then I have Tavia Baker who said Pitfall. No, Moonfall. Pitfall and Moon Patrol. All right, y'all. So thank you so much. I, I love doing asking those questions to you all so we can go ahead and get that community going. Um, I know some of you are probably even, for those of you who are watching, you see I have this shirt on here that says uh, the sweatshirt. It says, God loves tater tots. Uh, I know you're like, what does that even come from? What does that even mean? But uh, in order for you to figure that out, you got to get my book. So anybody who does not know, I have a book called Running Through the Rain, My Stories, Reflections, and Kind Reminders. All right. And in this story, it explains, in the book, it explains this story, how God loves tater tots. So you got to get the book. It's available on Amazon. It's available everywhere books are sold, uh, even walmart.com, um, all those places. All right. So listen, let's get to the main thing, the main event. So today's conversation is really centered around college access. And I feel it was important for us to have this conversation because one, even though there's a lot going on in the world where there's uh, seem, where there seems to be like two, um, two competing thoughts where, you know, is college still necessary because many people, many people are becoming entrepreneurs and you have other people saying, yeah, college is still necessary. I do feel that college is still necessary because I want my uh, doctors to have gone to college. I want the person looking at the x-ray <laughs> to have gone to college to have some type of formal education, right? So um, I wanted to, to, to build an opportunity for us to have a conversation about college access. So we're going to be talking about, you know, what is it like for first generation college students, right? Um, what is, that can be a very traumatic um, time for somebody. We want to talk about resources that's out there. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about how you can navigate the, uh, the college debt uh, that comes along with going to school. Um, and we just want to just provide you with all the resources and information that you need to make a good uh, decision for your student. And not only that, but for you, you may be an adult who's like, eh, I'm thinking about going back to college. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if it's for me. So we want to make sure that we provide an opportunity and a space where you could um, get some information as well. Um, personally speaking, I am somebody, I am an adult learner. I did go back to Scott College. I did go back to college um, when, in my adulthood. And actually, I just finished a master's program. Um, in 2022. And there was a, um, a theme there where it felt like there were a lot of people and, and, some, and some of my classmates were 
40s, 50s, and 60s. And before even applying, they were like, I don't even know if this is for me. I don't know if I can keep up. You know, I, I don't even know what the optics will look like if I am this age and I'm in sharing the same space with somebody who's in their 20s. You know, um, I don't know even know if I, you know, can navigate that landscape. Everything is virtual now. Everything is in person now. So we just wanted to provide you also with some encouragement. If college is something, if you're an adult learner, and I, and I really feel led to share this, if you are an adult learner and it is on your heart to go back to school, trust and believe that if it's on your heart that you already have um, the grace needed, the intelligence needed, the, the ability that you need to go back to school if that is something that is on your heart to do. So go ahead and make it happen. Get the information that you need. Find the support systems and the support groups that you need um, to help you navigate that process. But if that's something that's been on your heart, and stop making excuses like, I don't know if I have enough time. I don't know. There are so many different modalities and so many different opportunities out there. There are weekend classes. There are classes that's two days a week. There's classes that may be like, you know, uh, one day a week. There's so many options out there, but if that is on your heart and you feel that's something that's being impressed in your spirit, make sure that you make time to go uh, to school and at least get the information and talk to a guidance counselor. All right. So uh, when we come back from this quick break, we are going to have a very dear friend of mine join us, Mr. Thomas Butler. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with the Tommy Talk Show. What's up, everybody? So as I mentioned before, that this episode of the Tommy Talk Show is focusing on college access. Uh, we just got, wrapped, got finished doing our uh, community uh, question where we asked you all about your favorite video game uh, growing up. And right before me, we're hopping into our first interview with my good friend, um, also a mentor, Mr. Thomas Butler. So listen, I'm, I'm going to read the, I'm going to read his bio and all the awesomeness that he's that he's done. But I, I have to tell you that um, I've known Mr. Butler for a number of years, and as you all know, I bring people on a show who are who have are just amazing people, good hearts, um, and really are movers and shakers in the community. And um, I've known Mr. Butler for a number of years, and I've seen him firsthand um, really impact the Philadelphia area, um, Atlanta, Georgia area, um, by providing opportunities for families, educators, um, everybody in the community to come together to discuss college access, how to navigate those challenges, and share resources. So he has a huge network of people. Um, and my 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 last um, one of my one of my uh, biggest memories with Mr. Butler is um, we were in the office together and he may not remember this, but we were in the office together and I was having a particularly rough day that day and we were by the mail room and at the mail room, Mr. Butler turned to me and he just gave me all of this encouragement and everything that I needed to hear at that moment. And it got me through the day. Um, it grounded me. It kept me focused. And you never know the impact that we're making in other people's lives. So, Mr. Butler, I don't think I've ever had an opportunity to thank you for that. Um, but I just want to let you know uh, I really appreciate you and I thank you. And I'm going to read this read this uh, this amazing uh, bio uh, real quick um, so that uh, we know who 
who we have in the room. So Thomas Butler is an uh, education consultant specializing in the areas of college access and attainment. Thomas is currently the executive director of Philadelphia College Prep Roundtable, a network of over 300 college access and attainment professionals and advocates across the Philadelphia region. Uh, Mr. Butler has convened this network for over 30 years, providing oversight of monthly meetings, conferences, and community uh, communication networks. Uh, some of the things that this guy, uh, some of the awards this guy has received is the 2022 Mayor's Office of Philadelphia Citation for Service to the city, uh, the National Association for College Administration's uh, Counseling, uh, the Black Male Engagement Community Leadership Award, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So, Mr. Butler, welcome to the Tommy Talk Show, my friend. Welcome. And I want to ask you this question. You you were doing so much, and being that you stuck in this role, or not even stuck in this role, but that you're that you've been so involved, especially for the past thirty years plus, like what got you engaged or even interested or passionate about college access to make you stand there so long? Uh, well, Tommy, let me just say this first off, man. I am so so very proud of you, and um, you know, you and I, we kick it when we were when we were at. Um, RHD for a while, and I always was impressed by you, brother. You were uh, you were for me, and as I know you are for thousands of people, inspiration. Then I'm glad to see you are in this space because wow. I knew you would. You had this messaging, and you and wow. I talked about this. You had this messaging way before when I said you got to get, you got to share this. So I'm I'm just so happy that God has placed this on your heart to do this like this, and. Wow. Um, I know this is, going to, this, this is going to grow tenfold. So, okay, let me, let me, let me get to answer your question. <laughs> let me get to answer your question. Um, so I, I'm a, I, I have these long stories that I tell, but I'm going to try to keep, keep it tight, do certain windows of time. In my early life from elementary school all the way through my undergraduate degree at college, uh, which I actually, too, was one of those long I was not the traditional four-year college student. I went and really I didn't think college was for me even when I was in college and I left college and went out into the world. I was a music person. So I was in the music business for a long time um, as a backup musician. My, my, my undergraduate degree is in music performance and I played saxophone for various groups. And so needless to say, um, I was a professional musician, but then I wasn't in the inner circle of the politics of music, and therefore I wasn't making no real money. And long story short, so I need I I had I had a wake up call probably around like my my early thirties, and I said, you know what, I better go back. I need to go back and get this degree because I was in a job position, and I'm hoping this might help somebody because they may be living in the same kind of space. And I really want to do tell this story. Mm. I I was in a position where I was working in a job that. I had a job. It was a job. It wasn't a career. It was a job. But it was a good job. It was a good paying job. It was a steak job. Um, and the thing was is that I saw people who were getting promotions past me. Hmm. Um, and I was wondering why I wasn't able to get promoted. And it wasn't any political reason or anything like that. When I, when I looked at the job descriptions or I looked at the, the, the promotion levels next level, I had hit a ceiling because I had not finished my bachelor's degree. 
Wow. And that credentialing of having that bachelor's degree for me at that time meant I could go to that next level. And so I said, you know what? I need to go back. That was God saying to me, you need to go back and get that degree <laughs> so you can do some <laughs> next things. And I followed that pathway and went back and got my undergraduate degree. And then the short, short of the long story is um, I wound up working. I got When I graduated high college that very day, uh, the president of the university asked me to, and there's a story behind this, but I, again, we don't have a lot of time to talk about this. But long story short is they, the president of the university saw something in me in my last year of college finishing up. And he said, I want you to come by my office in the morning or Monday morning, because it was a Saturday or Sunday when graduation happened. And I went by, he said, I want to offer you a job in admissions, working in recruiting students. Hmm. And I said, <clears throat> I said, you know what, if it's paying more money and it's something, <laughs> it's something outside of the work I was doing, I'm not going to go into what I was doing at that time. It was legitimate work, but it, it was not what I was happy with. I couldn't have seen myself doing that forever. Long yeah. story short is I went to admissions, found a life there, loved helping people, advising people around their college preparation process. And, I, and the history started there back in 1987. And from that point on, it's been where I've been and I've grown and loved that space. I found my passion point in life, which is why I am where I am. So... Um, that's that's kind of uh, of my my road, but I found again that that was a that was a way of me telling my story inside with other people's story because there were so many other people that was in similar spaces, and yeah, yeah. that's kind of what took me there. Wow, wow, Mr. Butler, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, first of all, for sharing that story, and man, let me tell you when you first of all. Just the encouragement. This is what I was telling y'all about this guy. The encouragement, man, it almost made my eyes water. So I, I really appreciate that, man. And it's important to keep people like that in your life and keep them in your circle. Um, but thank you so much for sharing that, sharing that with us. Um, is there so you mentioned that um that you that when you were dealing with the college access there and you're, you're doing college access now are are there similar themes that you know noticing in reference to challenges that people are experiencing or that they're trying to navigate when it comes to college if so what, what what are some of those things that people are experiencing right now when it comes to college access so i think that um first off listening to the public at large because there's a those of us who live in that space of college preparation, college information, and how that impacts. I think there was this, and I'm going to also go back from a time-sensitive perspective, that probably during the Bill Clinton administration, so I'm going, to try to put, I'm going to try to put things in a way that people, we can globally get our head around a time frame. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so Bill Clinton administration um, actually really that messaging of college, 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 right? Which is the public has an issue with. Um, because people will line up saying, when we started pushing all the college, the vocational stuff, the, 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 the hands-on working stuff, the textile things got lost. Mm -hmm. Even to the point of, right, and Tommy, you're too young <laughs> to remember this, but I can remember when... I went to junior high school and the high school, like in junior high school, every like, and, and again, it was a middle school then it was junior high school. So it was 
seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, right? Mm -hmm. Each year you had, if you were a male, you had some type of shop. You had wood shop. You mm -hmm. had electric. You had drafting or mechanical drawing. Um, you had other kinds of things that kind of got you with your hands, right? So that was a part of the curriculum. So you could have been an academic student or been designated as a so-called academic student, but you still had to do something with your fingers and your hands and textilely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Young ladies, and unfortunately this is a time of that time too, young mm -hmm. ladies weren't in those classes. They put the boys in those shops. The young ladies went to what they call economics. So it was like go to the kitchen and do the kitchen stuff or mm -hmm. go go to sewing class and learn how to sew. I mean, we were still in those days, right? Yeah. So this is like, again, so when Bill Clinton's administration came along, um, there was a lot of noise again about access to higher education uh, because uh, we weren't going in those, in those times. And in fact, probably in the, when the 1965, when the desegregation happened. So that's all way before Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. But we started talking about financial aid and affording financial aid. Um, fast forward to the Clinton administration, it's like we just amped it up, right? Okay. So all the things about going. So we so so the notion was the notion was this, Tommy. Certain students from 1965, and I'm being very global, folks, and I'm being very kind of painting a broad brush. So please don't take this like literally note to note, but this is kind of like oversight things yeah yeah it was like okay we're going to give folks particularly folks who come from marginalized backgrounds low-income backgrounds folks of color folks who are in school districts for example who probably are not getting the aspirational elements of all the things that a kid who may be going to a private independent independent high school would get right hmm. so the notion was though is that that was a small segment of a school not the entire school so when bill clinton came along he was saying Every student hmm. should have access to college affordability, college going. Everyone should know, which is the term college access came about because it was about making sure uh. everyone can know what it is to go to college. What happened was federally, the government started putting more money into programming for individuals to go to college. And 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 meaning, first off, understanding why go to college and mm -hmm. then what types of colleges are out there and what do they offer and where does that go? So the messaging got blown up. And then again, like I said, at the same time, though, let's plant vocational stuff. So, again, and I'm going to use something very kind of time. You, again, you're too young to remember. This, but I can remember <laughs> I can remember in Philly, for example, you could go every three blocks and there was a tire shop. Hmm. And and so people opened tire shops, um, and you know you could own a tire shop. You get your people in the neighborhood get your tires fixed there. You get your oil and lube done there, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so the notion was we stopped training people how to do that kind of work in high schools, and so some of that got lost. So the bal so things got blown up, got bound out out of proportion, balanced over mm -hmm. that time frame of college going and college preparation. Um, and I will say we probably did a lot of overemphasizing going to college without. Here's the side of it though. The academic preparation for people to go to college. Wow. So now you got a subset of people, for example, who are coming from um, high schools 
who are not, the high schools are not necessarily preparing them academically to, to be ready to be in college, to yeah. do the rigorous college work. Yeah. But we yeah. program people are saying, hey, go to college. You know, this is what, this is for you. You can do this. Go ahead. You know what? I think that that ties into what my experience was too, because I was not. Pre so it's almost like mixed messaging. Like we're not preparing the students for college, but we're saying you need to go to college. Almost like, hey, you need to go in there and make this exactly. cake. We're not giving you the, the ingredients, but go in there and make this cake. And and honestly, with, with my own experience, I went to college and my first year, like I failed out. And the, it, that was traumatic. It was, I was like, oh gosh, I, I can't do this. And it wasn't until I, I, I you know, uh, through life and maturity, I went back. But I thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's, and that, in all honest and fairness, that's what it was. It was really about, um, again, you know, so here we go. Uh, the federal government, somebody very smart, very, very thought-provoking research-wise thought about some things and said hey you know we need to support this folks because the data and research was showing that if you had a college degree and we talk about this today um your probability of earnings will be greatly increased if you the more degrees or credentialing you have yeah and that was the message that got out there and and, and what happened was, we, so we brought this whole boatload of people in to this college-going pipeline piece. And then, so, so, so here's the other side of it. We always talk about the, about the high school, middle school, high school side of it. The reality of it was the colleges weren't ready. Wow. So they weren't ready to take, right, like the Tommy Suggs, the Tom Butlers in. Um, not in mass. Right. They had programs. They had things for you to help you support you if you're not like so-called academic college ready. And, and for the most part, who really shouldered a lot of that, what we call developmental or remediation type of student were the and still is the community colleges. They really are the ones that are the go betweens. What is what has not happened over the course of years, from my perspective, is that these two different educational systems elementary high school and then colleges are talking and really wow. saying how are we bet how can we better prepare a Tommy Butler and a Tommy Suggs to make that smooth transition into college yeah. and be successful. Now that's happening more now, but I'm going back to the Bill Clinton administration thing. You know, it's like let's create these opportunities. The opportunities were created but higher ed wasn't ready for, for the mass influx. And therefore, we had a lot of folks who went in. We had the to Tommy Suggs and the Tommy Butlers that went in. But we weren't ready. They weren't ready. And next thing you know, we're out of there, right? So we part ways. Wow, wow. Let me ask you a question. Um, and we have about five more minutes. Let me ask you this question. So I think that that's something that we're still even seeing today. Right. Where um, where we may have schools that may not for for, like you said, the Tommies and the Tom Butlers of the world, you know, may not be providing the resources or the or, or the, the, the uh, help them help families and students build capacity so that they can su be successful in uh, the college environment. So what advice for a mom 
you know, um, what advice would you give to, if you were talking to a mom right now who's getting ready to send her son off and that may be their high school um, experience that she wants them to go to college. That's what they both said. Hey, this is the next step for you. Um, what advice would you give them and what resources are out there for them to help them navigate that transition? So, so I'm going to say, number one, starting with high school around preparing for college, if that is in the trajectory for a young person, uh, needs to start sooner than high school. Preparation needs to start sooner. Hmm. Because if you're going to go to, for example, middle school, you need to have certain courses to be ready to do rigorous high school courses. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't do physics and calculus if you can't do basic algebra. And if you can't do basic algebra, that means you got to learn basic math. Yeah. So this all is a trickle-down effect of going backwards, right? So we have to start earlier, and as families, whether you're the single parent or whether it's a wraparound around the child, the family, and whole wraps around it, you need to understand how to navigate the process and strategically plan sooner. Hmm. Um, and so within the time frame we have left, and what I guess what I'm suggesting is the, the parents have to become students of the game. Wow. This, wow. this is a game. This is a chess game. This is not checkers. This is chess because you're planning for something that could be eight to 10 years out, but you got to start eight or 10 years prior to be pre prepared and ready for it. There are people, there are very smart people who are out there who do vocational work, but they could have gone to college, right? Not to, and they could have, they, they could, be doing lots of other things because they got the mind power. If you can change a tire, you can get a college degree. And we don't got time to go into that. But my point <laughs> is, my point is, is that the mind can do those things. It's just that we have to, the mind just don't absorbs it all at once. So families, the other thing I want to say for families, particularly if you send your child to public school, you have to be part of their process. You can't turn their education over to the educational system in and of itself. You have to be involved or engaged in that process. And that means if you don't know it or if you don't think you're smart enough to be in, I shouldn't say smart enough, if you don't think you have the time enough to be in that space, find someone like a Tom Butler who will help you with it. We should not all be doing this alone. This is a community process. This is yes. a community yes. issue. And we need to work together. And, and so there are people out there. You may have to do a little bit of investing of some dollars, but you will invest in other things for yourself. Right. So Come if it's on. about your kids, you need to invest in your students. You need to get the right people in there. Uh, folks who got money, folks are privileged. They invest in their students. Hmm. Now, they may have more money, but the end of, at the end of the day, if we want our child to be successful, we will find ways to do that. We will do that with sports. Wow. Right. We, we, we could be we could be super poor, but we'll make sure that kid, we, we're going to make sure our son or our daughter gets into that AAU program. And y'all know what I mean. That AAU program ain't no cheap thing. That ain't free recreational sports. You got to pay to be in that, right? So I'm just saying it's, it's a bigger process. And so what I'm about is strategic planning and, and, and making sure that we're going the right direction because once you get there, then, then college will be affordable because your son or daughter will be eligible for scholarships mm -hmm. and will be able to go wherever they want to. But it's all strategic planning. You got to plan from elementary school all the way through. So something that you shared was um, the how 
you got into the psychology of how um how we sometimes you got into the psychology of our how we prioritize our lives and and based on what we're prioritizing that's where our dollars go to so and it reminds me of something that uh, Ryan Killerbrew shared. We had a, we had an episode um, for uh, community um, wellness and beauty, and one of the things she said was, she said we're so quick to um, get you know get the latest Jordans for our kids, and we're so quick to get them the coach bag, and we're so quick to get them this. But she said, why not put it in a I think she said a UGMA or a UTMA or something like that. And we, and we, <laughs> that word, but she said, won't you put it in, won't you take that money and invest in their future? She said, because she, and with her experience, she says that she's, uh, she's um, seen where um, other people, where students, they just come up and say, you know, here's a check and everything is already paid for because their parents have already made that investment. Now, let me say this. Now we live in, we live in a real world. So there are some there there are some parents who are like you know what my my child is in, in is in elementary school and I can hop on that right now let me get to that let, let me start planning their future let me start getting them some resources and families and start building some community around him or her so that they can go ahead and move forward in that in that direction but I, I do also feel that there's a there's a um a parent who's watching or listening who's like all right. My baby is in the 11th grade <laughs> and I haven't done any of this stuff and I, and, and I'm doing the best I can, you know, uh, but I still need some resources and I still need some direction. I know I'm a little late to the game, but I, but I, this is something that me and my son or me and my daughter, uh, this is something that we want to do. So for parents, so, so you gave us the long term, but is there something that's short term that a parent who already has a student that's in, in high school right now that they can do to help ensure their, their student success? Yeah. So, so there, so first off, we have to be honest. Okay. And when I say honest, I mean, in other words, if you're in 11th or 12th grade, pretty much the high school the, the, the great school career is done. So the story has been written. Yeah. Right? You can't go back, for example, and the child hasn't taken the right academic courses. Uh, they can't go back and take those courses over again. Mm -hmm. Well, it could, but it'll take them forever. Mm -hmm. um, so the point of the matter, I guess the, the, using that example, the point of the matter is we have to do an honest assessment of where we are, right? Mm. Um, and so... We may not be able, while college is, we're going to, we want and we will do college, it may not be Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> or it yeah. may not be, and it may not be, it may not be Howard either, or yeah. it may not be Hampton, right? Um, it may be that we have to, we may have to start at community college. Remember, it's not about where we start, it's where we finish. Yeah. yeah. So you yes, can sir. still yes, get sir. to Harvard. But your route from where you are from 11th to 12th grade may be that you have to do some other things first to get to the end game. So it's understanding where we are in the process. I tell students and families a lot of times, for example, about scholarships. People ain't giving to you scholarships because you look good. But there might be one or two of them out there that might be because you look good. But the reality of it is, is that if you're not scholarship marketing material, you're not going to have the broadest look at it. So the point of the matter is, yes. Can, is college attainable for 11th to 12th grader? Yes. Are there institutions? There are over 3,000 
universities, colleges, institutions of higher education in the United States. Okay. Um, we, you would need to do an, a, a real evaluative assessment as to where you would enter a door that will support you. So really it's about the support with what you need as a student and family, meaning that if you're a top academic student, you're probably going to have more options of where you can go. But if you haven't been doing well in high school, you have the potential on all the elements of doing well, but you just haven't been maximizing that while you're in high school. There are places you can start and you're right off the bat and then move in. So there are opportunities. It's not out the way for anybody to go to college. We all, those of us who are in the college access space says, we can get you almost anywhere in the college. We can do that. The question is, do you have all of the elements of staying? And I will say, hmm. based on at least Tom Butler, probably Tommy Suggs, we weren't given the right guidance mm -hmm. and the right information as to where to start yeah, in order to yeah. be successfully be able to finish. Now, did we finish? We absolutely did finish, and we achieved even further. It took us a little longer to get there, but that's okay, too, because guess what? We got there. We got there. Right? We got there. We didn't run the 100-yard dash. We may have did the 40, 400 yards around the, around the track, so to speak, or we ran a marathon, but we did finish the marathon. We so, finished the marathon. So, so the point of the matter is, I'm using a lot of metaphoric stories here. Seek out families. Um, I would start with if you're if you're in high schools, seek out your high school uh, counselor. If you don't think your high school counselor is not is not giving you the right information or enough information, you can come see a Tom Butler, and I'll help you find somebody who's there. Um, if you are if you are an adult and you want to return to college, I'm going to throw out the name of an organization uh, for the Philadelphia folks. I would seek out Graduate Philadelphia. Um, they, they are in the business of helping uh, returning adults go to college and finish. But there are a lot of organ other organizations that either come with a very low price point or no price point at all. They're just, you know, they're just there from the community standpoint. They can help you. So um, I gave Tommy my, my, all of my uh, social media connections. You can reach out to me through my social media. Um, I'm here to help you. I mean, I'm here to help the community. Mr. Butler, thank you so much for that, man. Thank you. So listen, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show right now for this part of the interview. Mr. Butler, real quick, give people your social media handout so we, and we'll go ahead and uh, hop out and then we'll hop into our next interview. You're muted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you again, Tommy, for letting me come on and share. Um, and I'm always available to come back whenever you need me. The best way to reach me, folks, is um, on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter is Tom, spelled with a with a T H T H O M. Tom educates, Tom educates plural. Uh, and then you can just also email me at tomeducates at gmail.com. Excellent, Mr. Butler. Thank you so much, man. We're definitely going to have you back on the show. You my guy. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Tommy Talk Show. What's up, beautiful people? Listen, we just wrapped up an amazing interview with Thomas Butler, right from PCPR, and right before me, yo, listen, I have the one and the only, I was able to nail it down, um, Sonia Lewis, the student loan doctor. Sonia, 
thank you so much for being here. I know we were trying to coordinate schedules and whatnot, but thank yes. you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. How are you feeling today? I'm really good. Thank you so much for making space for me. I'm excited about today's conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, Sonia, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hop right on into this. Um, so you are the like there aren't any other student loan doctors as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you I are know. the <laughs> the student loan doctor. Mm -hmm. And um, I follow you on Instagram. I've known about you for years. Um, I think uh, Craig Smith, shout out to Dr. Craig Smith, hey, is um, the person who connected me to you. Um, he had an event at your um, at your office one time mm -hmm. um, where Nikki Powerhouse was there. Shout out to Nikki Powerhouse. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, Sonia is so dope. Like you're well of knowledge and not just your wealth of knowledge but just the heart that you have for the community to help people navigate this very challenging thing which is student loans so first of all what got you interested in even wanting to take on this daunting task yeah i know i ask god this every day you know <laughs> could it have not been makeup no <laughs> um so, you know, my background is in higher education and that's how I knew um, and know of Tom. So it's really nice to see him just now as we yeah. transition. Um, and I knew that in higher education, I could make the greatest impact because I really love uh, not only teaching, but I, I just think that access to information is important, particularly coming from the inner city of Philadelphia. And so when I started the student loan doctor, to be quite honest, it was a really great accident and so um, wow. I wasn't like, I didn't wake up one morning and go, you know, today I'll take on student loans. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't I, I still didn't say that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but um, so what happened, long story short, was I was starting to help people after church understand student loans. And then um, people kept showing up for these appointments that I never created. So like, it was <laughs> a lot. I'm just making this up. It was a lot after the church. And they, they <laughs> I never forget this. They said, so we opened the basement for you if you want to, you know, meet the people down there. And I, and wow. I wanted to go home. You know, this is before <laughs> they serve food. So, um, you know, I wanted to go home. Anyway, long story short, I was helping people. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, this might be a business, like a consulting practice. Mm. And, um, so I it took it very serious. I was doing some work after work. Like I would meet people at like a corner bakery. I was doing stuff on the weekends. And then at the same time, uh, my doctoral degree, I was studying how uh, student loans affect African-American women. So I was just already interested in the topic and I was seeing it in like in real time because I used to work at a college. And so anyway, long story short, when the business came about, um, it was already something I was really passionate about. And I felt like, you know, like if you would have did a Google search back then, there was nobody talking about this thing. I mean, mm -hmm. but gov you know and it was really not easy to understand what was on the website i'm not trying to be funny like now it's easier they've got a great team of people writing the rules and the policies and the memos much easier but before it was like another foreign language so um i was like all right well i'll interpret i you know i'll and now I, I remember i used to just call uh, like the lender or the Department of Education website hotline and just ask random questions that people were asking me. And then I just start making a catalog of these things. And from a practitioner point of view, I already understood financial aid well because I was helping adults enroll into college. And so the whole point here I'm making is I was already doing the work. Yeah. And so let me tell you what happened. Long story short, I never <laughs> 
I said, I want to price this out. I want to see, you know, because everybody needs extra money. And I was like, well, I I'll set the appointment for $50 for the hour or something like that. I don't remember. And long story short, people showed up and never missed the appointment. Now, at that time, I was not making 50 an hour at work. So I said, you know what? I'm going to have to use some good old PTO. I believe that's what this is for. <laughs> <laughs> I like filled up my calendar with like all these appointments, time off. I think I went to work at Corner Bakery from like 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. It's just it's a funny backstory. Long story short, um, I remember leaving that day inspired. Like this is like real. Like people are showing up. They're making their payment there. And to leave that day on top of my PTO making what I couldn't make, you know, I was just like, I was like, yeah, this might, we might be on to something, but beyond income, the impact for me has been amazing uh, to date uh, for what we are just being reported. We don't even know the numbers unreported. Um, it's about 30 million in loan forgiveness we've assisted with. So the impact is there outside. Of it, you know, don't worry about income. Income comes if impact exists. So it's been really, really good. And, um, I'm a little tired, you know, because, you know, it's a lot. Biden changes stuff every two days, my God. <laughs> Who's over there making these policies? I don't think I knew how good I had it before the pandemic. You know, the pandemic had challenged me and my business to be creative. Like, um, things change. I'm not making it up. Like, every two days, the studentaid.gov website re-updates their website and their verbiage like I've never seen. Like, I have to literally read line by line. I'm like, okay, today it says, they took that sentence off that said, you know, and these things are important because this is what people are holding on to in terms of loan forgiveness or uh, eligible for certain programs. So, I'm really the proud of the work that we're doing, but it's not easy um like when i first started it's that bad to say out loud this is like real work <laughs> you know i could you know stay at work for that though so but we're having fun um i think the community that i've built i think that this is a way for them to celebrate themselves and celebrate loan forgiveness and be vulnerable about what they owe and nobody's asking you questions like tommy why'd you take out uh, $100,000. I mean, that's your business. I don't have nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. You just arrived here with the monies that you owe, and you probably never said what you owe out loud before, and now we're helping you. So it's been an interesting journey. So it's been good. Wow. Sonia, first of all, like, just thank you again for taking on that daunting task, especially um, because a lot of that, like you said, it is a, it is a completely different language. I know I get stuff from, I think it's AES, or whomever mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't understand nothing y'all just said and then it says if you have any mm -hmm. questions call 1-800 i have a bunch of questions here's the thing i have questions but i don't know what they are because i don't know what you just right. said you know what i mean so let me ask you a question with so with with all the with with all the information that you have access to um what are just some key takeaways some mm -hmm. quick points that you would or tips or advice that you would give to people as it relates to student loans you know i think the thing is in this season you have to be informed so studentaid.gov really is your best friend to understand what's going on with your loans you know even more so than what your lender's site might tell you because the lenders are changing they're coming they're going they're being brought 
and um and then switch so you need to log in create a free login and see who owns your loans see how much they say you owe you, you know you'd be surprised I'm, I'm on some phone calls with different people and they're logging in in real time with me and then like they start screaming like they're on the price is right and i'm like what's going on over there and um one one time it was like a dramatic phone drop like and i thought the person had fell out well she did she she passed out or I, something like it. She and she and she got up and she was sobbing. So I'm like, somebody else might hit her. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> but long story short, she logged in and saw like two hundred thousand forgiven. So the thing is, people not even logging in. They might be forgiven because of the new uh, account adjustment rule. If you had your loans uh, originated twenty years ago, they're just going in and clearing out loans. And it's like you you had them for twenty years. Like you should be gone. Um, so that's happening and then people are eligible for public service loan forgiveness they're eligible from uh income based for payment uh that they don't know about their new plans for that they're eligible for borrower's defense that's the greatest act of forgiveness happening like if you went to one of those uh schools that were uh, uh for profit you are eligible like and you can keep your degree you know now i don't know what it's worth in the marketplace but they'll let you keep it they just want to you know, refund you sometimes even cut you a check so I just think that right now we're in a season in an age of information. And if you don't go and pursue that, if you don't go and take advantage of these things, nobody's going to call and knock on your door. At best, you get an email, maybe a letter, maybe. But, you know, I think our platform is so important. And I have to remind myself this, like I was listening to a podcast earlier about staying motivated. Every day I have to go online and say the same thing now i might say it in a different way i might say it in a more colorful way or funny way but i am really repeating the same thing and to see hundreds of people show up every day i just be so confused i'm going to repeat myself you know um it's no expectation for me to do anything different but it's important because people are not going to stop their day logging go online and read and see what they're eligible for but maybe if you attended one of our sessions and i say something that strikes a chord with you you'll move into action when we're done wow wow thank you for that and 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 you know what i, I i'm gonna be honest and, and i'll i'll own this for my listeners like uh, i have not gone onto the website to see oh, but i know right i know so you and i will be connecting because I, I do need a session mm -hmm. all right um so let me ask you a question so how can um because we have like two more minutes in the interview mm -hmm. and i want to make sure that people are able to connect with you if you have any questions so and, and let me say yeah. this too i'm across the street real quick i don't know if you heard um i don't want to call it a testimony I'll, I'll call it a story i don't know if you heard sonia's story where she just shared at the beginning of our interview about how she got involved in the work you never know the path god will take you on Mm -hmm. You never know. And just being open to this, to the steps. And, um, and I just feel so led to encourage somebody just do a step by step. Don't let the whole process overwhelm you. Do not let the whole process overwhelm you. Take it step by step, hold God's hand 
He'll lead you through everything that you need. He'll provide the resources. He'll provide the people. He'll provide the network. Whatever it is Mm -hmm. you're sleeping on, whatever it is you haven't been moving on, move on it while you still have time. Sonia, let me ask you a question. So I'm crossing the street back over. So let me ask you a question. How can people, um, first of all, when is your next session? Is this, is, do you mm-hmm. still have slots open? And if so, how can people get seats? Yeah. And how can people get a hold of you if they have questions or if they need to set up a session with you personally? So you can go to our website, drpleasehelpme.com. That's where you can just start with a discovery call or a consultation. And then if you are on Instagram, that's where we like live in terms of content. I would say there in YouTube, um, you can go to the student loan doctor on Instagram. Now, what happens is we do classes almost every day or every other day, somewhere between either 12 p.m. or 9 p.m., sometimes twice a day. Um, And as we go into repayment, which starts October 1st, we're going to be doing more and more classes. We have like a little countdown that's beginning on our page um, towards repayment. We just want people to be informed. And the cool thing is, you know, your your payment might be super uber affordable or your or it might be zero dollars or, you know, I just can't stress this enough. Uh, I would say particularly if you are like in your 40s or uh, end of your 30s, you're, you're probably not going to have these loans much longer with this 20-year clause that they implemented. So mm-hmm. you got to log in and be aware of what's happening with your loans. Um, but like, if you don't know, and we don't make people feel bad, we actually uh, take every consultation with the assumption you don't know anything, because I don't know what you know versus somebody else. I would say schedule a consultation, and you could start off saying, um, hi, I'm Tommy, and I don't know anything. Okay, Tommy, you have your logins for, you know, and then we can show you what you need to know because uh, ignorance is expensive. Knowledge is free. And so if, and, and if you just think about what I just said, a lot of people are missing out on the greatest act of loan forgiveness because they don't have the right information or they're not checked in. So check in, be informed. We don't bite. These loans don't bite. But wouldn't it be so powerful if we could see our community in their 30s and 40s have no loans? Like, you know how how financially powerful that's going to be? You know, the the housing market is going to look like, you know, the real estate market is going to look like, you know, the stock portfolios are going to look like. Do you know what your mental health is going to look like? You know what your children's life is going to look like? Do you know what your grandchild's life is going to look like? Because you decided to go to a, a free seminar. So, like, that's just how deep this thing is. Because may my child and grandchild never know what a student loan is. And that's the goal if we're listening to this show today. We're probably all around the same age bucket. Or even if you're a little older, you have an opportunity to make your last name be something financially significant. Nobody remembers people, Tommy. When when you leave this earth, nobody say, he loved Coca-Cola. No, he left some property. He left a recreation center. He was a great donator to the church. Yeah, he, he, he did uh, Rosa Park Hall. I don't know. Like, you yeah. can't do that out without some money. Come and on. let's get rid of the thing that's taking away um, our community's money the most, student loan debt. So I'm really passionate because it's not just about these student loans. It's, it's who these student loans and what they represent that we're not talking about. So that gets me fueled up every day because I know when you hit me up and say, girl, because I attended your class, like I got screenshots for days. It's hard to have a bad day around here that somebody got 350,000 forgiven. Well, I know that means that her last name is a little different if we do this thing right. Wow. 
you know now you now you can get the the four bedroom or the 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 quad or you can get the little apartment building and now you can set your child up and now they could be the, you know like it's just it's just stuff that yeah. wasn't really happened before you already owned a, a home before it's just in paper form so yeah. let's <laughs> let's get some keys <laughs> wow wow let's get some y'all hear that let's get some keys <laughs> yes. yes indeed sonia thank you so much my friend what are your instagram and facebook handles on youtube what, what are your social yeah. media handles so uh, let's do instagram the student loan doctor youtube the student loan doctor llc i believe it is and um if you just google the student loan doctor we do dominate uh with our seo so very proud of that here's Ooh. a blog post a day you know um and just find us and i tell people if you get to something that says student loan doctor and you don't see a little black girl just click out that is not me that is 